you guys talk about the question? You guys talk about it? Lots of you didn't. I know, you're sinners. Sinners and shame on you. I see your rebelliousness and the Lord will bring you into discipline. No, I'm just kidding, I don't mind. Um, what I wanna do now is everybody's got, most everybody should have five fingers on at least one hand, correct? Uh, look, some people may not, but at least at one hand. You got four on one hand. Oh, you're smart, one thumb. All right, what I wanna do is on the count of three, I want you to gauge, you can write between one to five how well you think we as a church are doing at mission, which is kind of any kind of outreach, anything externally, new people, new converts, the whole kit and caboodle, all right? So on the count of three, I want you to put your hand up in the air with your rating, okay? One, two, three, go. All right. Ah, cool. All right, got some threes, we got some twos, we got some threes, a couple of ones. A four, some fours, that's awesome. Some fours, threes, twos. Okay, cool. All right, what I want to do is um, if you are a one or a two, can you put up your hand? And I want to I ask, Carl's got a mic, and I just want to hear a snapshot of why. You, oh, oh, wait, no, hold on. I know Christians are terrible about being negative. We'll start with the fours. All right, any fours? Threes and fours. Threes and fours. Can you put up your hand if you're a three or a four? All right, three or four. I just want to hear a snapshot. Why do you think that? You are more than welcome. Oh, hello. Um, that's loud. <laughs> it's for the stream, man. It's for the stream. So people stream. online know. Um, I don't know. I love engaging with people and having people around for dinner. Cool. Yep. Yeah. So we're good at engaging. We've had people around for dinner. Awesome. Sweet. Great. Anyone else? Threes and fours. Threes and fours. Because I don't think I saw any fives. We're all pessimistic here. It's fine. Yeah. Hi, I really like how we all connect in the little groups and do a lot of different things like sing-alongs and yeah, yeah. surfing and all kinds of things. Cool, awesome. So the connect groups are a great way that we're being able to do that. Awesome, threes and fours. Can I get some other ones? Here we go. Threes and fours. I'm just sensing a real heart for mission out there for people around us mm -hmm. in the community. Yeah, so there's a, a willingness probably within our our heart to do it. Cool. Anyone else? Threes and fours. It's worth noting. So we've got some good community stuff. We've got some good connect groups. Yep. When? Hi. Praise the Lord. I think that when we can do more than what a fisherman's club or a golf club or some other membership does, then we're on the ball. We have to be careful not to become introverted. Yeah. Put it that way. Oh, you're pushing us into the ones and twos here. When? I like it. I like it. That's good. Any other threes and fours that we've missed? Anything else that anyone wants to add? Because this is really helpful. I promise you the elders and the team, we are listening <laughs> to know what we're doing. Okay, cool, awesome. Now I want the ones and the twos. Why do you put us there? You are allowed, also real quick, Bruce, it's worth noting at Golden Sands, you are allowed to disagree <laughs> and you are allowed to question. Disagreement does not equal disunity here, okay? I'm, so you're allowed I'm to I'm borderline, that. I'm two and a half. Okay. Um, I think we do stuff internally well, but there's a lot of potential for stuff externally. Cool, yeah, so we just haven't necessarily got to yeah. the external stuff yet. Cool, uh-huh, yeah. Sort of the same, like I can't see where we are in the community. We're really good at connecting with each other and forming friendships and being welcoming, but it's that presence out there in the, at the sort of at the coal face outside this building. 
Cool. Thanks, Sean. Yep. Other ones. Yeah, check your hands up. This is really good listening. I think that we're at the stage, because we're feeling new, that we're still building our internal mission of each other. Mm -hmm. We're still growing our church care and our looking after each other. Yeah. And we're doing a, a bit like the youth, and there's a, there's, there's a bit of mission happening. Yeah. But I think we're still at the stage where we're not internal as much as focusing on growing our connections with each other. Yeah. And then when that's nice and strong, then we're ready to... Yeah, so there's a thought of we're growing our out. structures yeah. to be able to sustain some more work. Yep, cool. Yeah, yeah, we got Kelly. Yeah, awesome. Um, I'd just really like to see within the church um, people stepping up to learn some and train to evangelize. Cool, yeah. Um, I'm really keen. Mm -hmm. I want to learn some more tips. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, evangelism, helping people understand the faith, really important, yeah. Hi, I'm Elaine. Hi. <laughs> Kia ora. Um, I think within the church we do fantastic stuff. Uh -huh. And we're, we are a really good community. I'd like us to take that community out and maybe on the land yep. and do some services there so yep. we could like, let the community know we are here. Yeah, just let them know we exist. Yeah, because yep. at the moment we're distant from where we're going to yep. be. Yeah, cool. But otherwise it's great. Yeah, yeah. Other thoughts? This is really, really good. I want us to be thinking this way. Anyone else ones and twos? Oh, we got Paul in the back. Paul in the back. He's holding a baby. Perfect. I think because of the age of the church that we are, we've done really good growing organically and making connections with each other, but we're at a point where we need to look at growing intentionally, mm. and at the moment we're growing kind of like a shellfish does, where we uh, filter feed from the community and pick up people who are similar to us, but we need to grow a bit more like a fish does and go find people who aren't as similar and possibly get out in the community and explore a bit more. Yeah. Shellfish versus fish. Oh, I've not heard that analogy. I thought with the fish it was going to end by finding people who would not like us and eating them. So I'm glad it didn't end that way. Yeah, Becca. We got Becca at the back. Um, I think, whoa. Well, what's God's mission? There's lots of things, but one of the things that I hear and see is all across New Zealand is that God is bringing a unity and a tapping into Māori tanga. Mm. And I don't see us doing it here. <laughs> I see us trying to engage a bit in the real, but I don't see like architecture and I don't see stuff on the walls and I don't see tikanga. Um, I'm not the right person to speak to that, but we need to be engaging with people who can speak to that. Whoo, fire. I like it. It's good. It's good. Yep. Any others? Any other ones? In t yeah. Uh, we got Sylvia. Oh, yeah. I've, I think um, I'm going to say the same as lots of people, that we've done okay in sort of getting good community going within here. But I think it's something we've got to pray about, and people have to have it on their heart to lead some sort of mission, like my heart is financial education. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how can I be supported to reach out into the community to do that? And there would be other people that have got things on their heart, but it has to come from somebody who's got the passion to run with it, because mm. Colin can't do everything. You know, he needs <laughs> a patient to to know what they want to do yeah. and get supported to do it. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. That's really, really helpful. 
Um, so, uh, Alex, do you want to flip me over to sermon slides now, buddy? Um, what we are doing, and if you're new here, we are in the midst of our vision series. We are two years old, and I started this last week with a challenge saying, you know, basically what a lot of you guys have said. We started two years ago, and we were scrappy, and we were young, and we didn't know what we were doing, and we were meeting in a very cold, concrete icebox where it was too loud and really uncomfortable, but we felt like God was with us. And over that two years, we've grown, and we've built some structures, and we've built some ideas, and we've built some momentum, and now we're at a place where we really need to decide what kind of church are we going to become. And now normally what happens in a vision series, often in churches, is that a pastor quite like myself will come to you with, uh, here's the big idea, and I will try to present it to you in the most beautiful, articulate way that will inspire you, and it'll encourage you to get up off your bums and do something, right? We're taking a little bit of a different approach here. Um, at Golden Sands Baptist, one of the things that I've always said is I deeply believe that Jesus is leading this church. Not me. I believe Jesus has called us, and Jesus is walking with us. And the way that we hear Jesus is not through me going to a mountaintop to hear and get my vision and then come back and relay it to you. But as Baptists, we believe that we hear God not from here, but from here. That Jesus leads through you. That he speaks through your voice. Whether you are a regular person who's been here for ages or whether this is your first time here, we believe that Jesus can speak through you to help us hear where we are going. So what we are doing on this vision series is a little bit different, is it's more of a conversation rather than a monologue. Rather than me saying this is where we're going, this is us talking and listening together. And each week we're gonna process the feedback that's gotten. And the elders, we're gonna be working through that, we're gonna relay that back to you. And we're gonna keep working at building this vision a bit cohesively. Does that sound cool? It's gonna require some talking to people. And I know the introverts in here are like, oh God, no! It's okay, sometimes, if it's important, it's worth talking about. So whether you are new or a oldie here, you are welcome into that space. So we believe that God has a vision for us. We believe in the gospel of Jesus, which is that God is making all things new in the world. He is transforming everything, and he's starting with people like you and me. And we believe that Papamoa and Toronga and Aotearoa, all of it will be transformed by the gospel to be what God dreamed it would be. And so for us, we have this logo that you may see on our things, and this represents the four key ways that we believe God is going to work through us to do that. And it's the four things that every church has done since the beginnings of the church in the first century. Four basic things. Mission, they did outreach. They did evangelism. They cared for the poor and the needy. They looked after the sick. They cared for the culture around them. Worship, we worship and glorify God that is just part and parcel of who we are. We, are, we can't be anything but a worshiping community. Discipleship, it's being formed in the way of Jesus. This isn't just to come and hear a good talk and walk away. You want to be formed. This means challenge. This means growth. This means difficult conversations with people that you don't like but you need to have because it's important for your growth. And finally, community. None of those things are done on your own. So. The Christian journey is not something you can do on your own spiritual journey. This isn't something you can do on your own time. It's only ever done bound in community with the people around you. So this is what we're doing. Over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about these different things. And obviously today, we are talking about mission. And as we do, I want to ask you a question. You ever just get bored of all of it? Like this? Yeah, this I know this is something a pastor is not supposed to ask because you're supposed to be really excited to listen to me every week, right? 
Every week you got your pen and your paper and you are ready to take down all the notes of glorious wisdom that I'm about to spit out to you, right? I know we're not supposed to say it, but you ever just get bored? You just come and you, you hear the talk and you hear the talk again and you're like, yeah, that was a good talk and now they talk about how to be nice to other people. Oh, we sang that song again, that chorus again, 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 okay. All right, cool. All right, we're, oh, cool, stories from the community. Oh, cool, same three people sharing their stories. Cool, I'll just go get the ginger kisses at the back and make my way home, right? Too late, they're all gone, come on! Greedy guts, I'm sure all the carrots and celery are left. You unhealthy, you unhealthy. <laughs> but I ask that question because I often, I know probably as a pastor you're not allowed to say it, but I often feel the same way. You can often feel like you're just going through the motions, right? You come to church because that's what you're supposed to do. You send your kids to children's church because that's what they're meant to do. And to be honest, you don't want them bothering you during the talk. What, maybe you're listening to it, maybe you're not. We're not sure. You could be looking at your phone or Facebook or Bible. Only the Lord knows, right? So you could just go through the motions and you can sing the songs. And, and honestly, church, and I know this, I am a pastor's kid. I am a missionary kid. My dad, the way that they did church planting when I was a kid, I grew up in Mexico. And the way that they did church planting back then was they would hold revival tent services every night of the week for a month, every single night. Every single night you'd come, someone would, you'd do your song, someone would do a message, and then there'd be an altar call for healing and prayer. And then you'd be like, wow, that was great, doing it again. And you do it for a month, again and again. So I've, I've, I've done my fair share of church. I've put in my hours. I've ticked those boxes. I've heard most of those sermons. And it can be really easy for any of us in a church culture to just get bored. But I often think, and then when we get bored, one of the things is we hope is that the church will spice things up for us. And we look for the church that will spice things up for us. Maybe we'll look for the church with the really, really good music because look, everything else is boring, but if I can get that one music hit, That'll sail me through the week. That'll be great. Yes. And other people are like, oh, I hate that. I'm going to pick the church with the shortest amount of music and go to that one because I can't stand it. Or maybe you're like, I'm bored with all the talks, so I'm going to go find a pastor who's preaching on something that's more exciting. I've never heard it before. Let's go. Let's do Revelation. Sure, that sounds great. We'll spend nine months in a crazy book. That'll be a great reason. And so we hope that church will spice us up. We got a great kids program. They got 13 climbing walls and 15 smoke machines. That'll be great because we're trying to find something that draws us back in. But I wonder if those things will still leave us bored at the end of the day, because perhaps the problem isn't whether how creative or fancy the church is. Maybe it's a question of vision and mission. One of the movies that my kids love right now is Wally. Everyone seen Wally? Wally is just one of the best Disney Pixar films. It's about a cute little robot. Um, the earth gets filled with rubbish, and so the, all the humans have to run away and escape, and little Wally is left cleaning up the mess, and he's supposed to put all the trash into little cube boxes, and then the idea is that one day, once he's done, the humans will come back and everything will be better. But the earth was so destroyed, the humans thought they'd never come back. And it starts off as a really cute film about the robot. You're like, oh, it's like a silent film. And he loves his plant. He's got the cockroach that he runs over, but the cockroach is always okay. You know, it's important stuff. 
Honestly, my kids were really worried about that part, and they're like, cockroach! Um, but then halfway through the movie, a robot comes, they find some green life, and the robot takes the green life back to the spaceship. And at that point, the movie takes a hard left turn. And if you're a kid, you don't notice it, but as an adult, you begin to get real uncomfortable. About halfway through the movie, when they get to this spaceship with all the humans, and they all look like this, just huge, They've forgotten how to walk because they don't need to, and they're coasting around in their chairs, their magnetic chairs that lead them everywhere, and it's got like beaches, and if you want to change your outfit, you push a button, you don't even need to change your clothes, they just change color on you. And they've got constant screens in front of them. And now this was, Wally was done like years ago. As time has passed, it's only become more and more apparent how dangerously close we are moving towards Wally's reality. And as I watch this, I could not help, as I watched this recently with my kids, I could not help but think how easily we often, we engage with church the same way. See, when the humans left, they had a mission and they had a purpose. They were going to go while the earth was cleaned up and they had to be ready for the moment when the earth was ready, they would come back, they would resettle and they'd make everything great again. But halfway through their journey, they lost sight of that purpose. They thought it'll never happen and so then they got distracted with whatever could make them most comfortable and happy in the time. And so there's constant bright lights, hitting them with dopamine constantly. They're scrolling through new things. They don't even have to turn to look at someone because they can just show up on the screen. They forget how to walk. They forget how to move. And it becomes one of the most challenging things. And I can't help but think how easy it is for church the same way. We want churches to be fancy because we get bored but I wonder if we're getting bored because we've forgotten the purpose of why we're meant to be here. Maybe focusing on all of this and that and that and that, it's like sitting in our chairs, swiping through the screen, looking for the next dopamine hit because we've forgotten the reason why we're here. Which brings us to this idea of mission. See, God has always had a plan for humanity. From the very beginning of Genesis till the end of Revelation, the Bible tells one cohesive story with a lot of tangents and some genocide mixed in. But it tells one grand narrative of humans that were made great and beautiful, that were made to be God's representatives, who go and find themselves astray, lost. And the entire story of the Bible is a story of God's work to redeem and restore his creation again. We see that in Genesis when he calls out Abraham, and we talked about this a couple of weeks, all the nations will be blessed in and through you. We see that through the story of Israel as they get the Torah and the law, they were meant to be a sign to all the other nations of what the kingdom lifestyle was meant to look like. And then we see that most clearly in the person of Jesus, who fully embodies this missionary story of God of God who himself does not wait for humans to come back and get better to get to him, but God who comes into humanity, becomes one of us, identifies with the very worst of us, and on the cross takes the very worst that we have to offer. And through his death and his resurrection, he transforms it and begins to bring new life. He conquers the power of sin and death and starts this small community which ends up calling themselves the ecclesia, which is a political term for an outpost of another kingdom. The Roman country would have ecclesia in these far off cities to try and bring the kingdom of Rome, so the church decided to call themselves the ecclesia of the kingdom of God. And we would long to ourselves be a witness, a symbol of what God's redemptive mission looks like. Paul talks about it this way. 
The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And God was pleased to have all his dwellness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And then he then looks to us, and Paul then writes to the Corinthian church, all this is from God, who reconciled himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. See, in the big picture of things, God's mission, our job, is to join in with Jesus in his work of making all things new. Now remember, God's not sitting with his hands tied waiting for humans to do their best. If that was the answer, we'd all be stuffed, right? But Jesus, and I really believe this, Jesus is already actively working in our community and in our city, and our job is to be looking with God-centered eyes for what he's doing and joining with him in that, to bring renewal to our city and to our place. Another picture of that is this, heaven and earth coming together in Jesus. That happens on a societal level and a personal level. We talked about this last week, all things made new. And the fascinating thing is once we can get a hold of that vision of why we're here, of what the point of the church is, not just to have a happy clappy time, not to have a great kids program so that you can have a break during the week, not to have the best music so that we can draw all the cool people, not to have the best infrastructure, like that's not our goal. Our goal is to partner with God in making all things new in our community. And for us, we don't know what the answer to that is, that's why we're having these conversations, but it looks like Jesus. It means looking after the poor. It means taking care of the sick. It means finding a home for the immigrants, for the lonely, for the needy, for introducing people to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, for them to become baptized and become his followers, and by that way to see our city transformed. The cool thing about Wally was that once a few people discovered this mission and they discovered their purpose again and what they were trying for, you begin to see the first time that they learn how to walk again. After sitting on their bums for years and years and years, they begin to take steps. And so my question for us today is, it's really easy for a couple, us a couple of years on to get bored with Golden Sands Baptist. We're not that new or hip anymore, right? We finished Revelation, how much edgier can we get? Ooh, we did politics, ooh. You know, like, why are we here? If it's to hear edgy sermons or just have good, good programs, we're gonna get bored with that. The mission of God, redeeming and restoring all things, our neighbors, our friends, our families, being loved and cared for by God, that must fuel us. And if it doesn't, we will get bored with all the superficial things. And so we wanna talk about mission. And we're, we're gonna talk about this really practically and I'm gonna have you talk about this in groups in just a second. Because the honest truth is we have a real challenge ahead of us. We've heard it from about three or four people. We're quite nice to each other. I think we're pretty good with new people. We could get better. If you're new here today, let us know how we're doing. If we're crap, we'll try and get better, right? We're not perfect. But we try to do good within here. But we need to start thinking outside of ourselves. And here's the real kicker. 
We have been doing a lot of work on a building program. Uh, we own land out in Golden Sands. We have a whole hectare that's completely paid for. Praise God and fundraisers and generous givers. We have a hectare of land that is freehold. On top of that, we've been able to raise about $1.3, $1.5 million so far for a future building, which is crazy. I'm saying those numbers like I'm chill about them. They're so big, they don't mean anything. That's how crazy it is, right? So God has done a lot, and there's really cool moves. And honestly, the building plans that we're working on and the architects that we've chosen, we chose specifically because this team and this building we think has the best potential to be a community-facing, missional building that serves the neighborhood around us in lots of different ways. That was the main reason we chose this building. And now here's the challenge, church, is we have a church building vision that's this, missional, community-focused, and we have a church culture that's over here. We want to be that, but we're not necessarily doing a whole lot of it yet. We have two and a half to three years to get from here to there. And if we don't start taking missions seriously in our community, the great danger is that this building doesn't actually serve as a community hub or a missional hub. The great danger is that it becomes a monument to ourselves. Honestly, that's what's before us. And Lord help me if we build a $5 million monument to ourselves, right? So mission matters. It's really important. And this discussion is really important. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask you to do something that New Zealanders don't like to do, which I'm gonna ask you to turn and talk to each other for the next few minutes, okay? Remember, you're gonna be like, oh, I don't like this, this isn't good. Remember, the vision, the mission, the, if it's worth doing, it's worth talking about. And what I want you to do is I want you to get you get a groups. I'm gonna have three questions for each of you. So nominate a scribe, and I want you to write those ideas onto stickies. We are going to collate those and work through those and email those out to you, okay? And it, look, if this is really not your thing and you're a visitor and you're filled with anxiety right now, that's fine. You can just stay silent or you can go grab a cup of coffee, that's okay. But this matters to us and I don't wanna miss it, okay? So turn into groups of maybe like five or six, just in your chairs. The host teams have some stickies and some pens that they're gonna hand out, and we're gonna do some questions together. So circle up into groups, you can do it. We can be brave, the person next to you will not bite, I promise you. We can be a church that talks to each other, it'll be great. Life will go on, we can do it. So in your groups, nominate a scribe. You're probably just gonna to point to the person with the best penmanship, that's what you gotta do. And what I want you to do is talk about this question, which is, all right, hold on, we're almost there, we're almost there. We did a rating scale of one to five, and we had zero five hands up. What I want to ask is what does a level five mission church look like? See if you can give me top maybe three features. Top three features. What does a level five church look like? Now that could be anything. That could mean big, you could get really practical, like a counseling center. It needs a counseling center. It could be, it could also be another picture. You could be saying a level five church gives 20% of its budget away every year as just a guide. You know, like you can pick, what does a level five mission church look like? All right, go ahead, do a couple minutes. What does it look like? Cool. All right, let's gather us together. What do we wanna do is we wanna hear back real quick. Uh, Carl's got the roving mic. We're gonna go around and hear snapshots. Let's wrap it up. I wanna to begin to hear, and again, church, let's listen together because we're listening to God together here. What might a level five mission church look like? Go ahead, okay. Yeah. 
can we get MC2 on? Well, I haven't got my glasses on, so I can't see what it says on the paper. Um, <laughs> but it, it's a, a missional church, a level five one, is yep. one that's doing things in the community. So it's not just coming into church and not just giving our money to the church, but it's giving our time and our um, you know, talents that we've got to people in the community, but within the church, within the greater community outside the church, but then also New Zealand and abroad. Awesome. Let's just do one thing each, otherwise we're going to be here for years. So we'll just go one thing around. It's good. Um, we felt that looking after the needs of people in the community and then presenting them with the love of Jesus and the gospel is the way that Jesus did it. And um, in order to help to do that, we had talked about a number of things, but one of them, we'd love to see, say, between 10 and 20% of the church's income ring-fenced and given away to, to, towards those kind of activities into the community. Awesome, big goal. 10 to 20% of our money doesn't see us. Awesome, cool. We're just gonna do this side. We won't do everybody because we got the stickies and we got a few other questions. Yep. Um, oops, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna read one and it says here, consistent program and not just a one-time thing. Yep. Um, so it's ongoing and yep. it covers all age group as yep. well. Okay, yeah. so intergenerational and there for the long sure. haul, not just flash in the pan. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very spiritual people here. Um, feed the poor program, maybe even house the poor, create a church that creates jobs. Hey. Um, and perhaps a culture of the evidence of the Holy Spirit flowing out of people. Cool. That's important. Yeah. I've been nominated. Um, our group felt that um, Mission Church really is about acceptance and yeah. um, that we, it's important that we feel that there's no qualification. Um, that's really huge. Reaching the lost and helping the needy. Cool. All right, let's just do this last one and then we're gonna go to the next question. Go ahead, Vicky. Uh, we thought that we need to have our eyes open to the needs of others and yeah. then being prepared to act on it. Right. Well, that, I couldn't ask for a better segue into question number two. Um, so, scribes, on your stickies, can you just do like a one and a circle around it in the corner so we know which questions that's related to? Okay? Just a one and a circle so we know who that is. All right. Next question. What a lovely segue, Vicky. Um, Here's the reality is often churches look to pastors like me to say, what's the best program we have to do? The truth is I spend most of my time with you lot. I, I actually struggle to know everything that's happening in the community. I do my best, but you guys actually probably know better than me. So what I'd like for you guys to talk about is what do you think the biggest needs are in Papamoa? What are the biggest needs that you know of? Now, if you're in the schools, talk about what you see in the schools. If you're in businesses, talk about what you see in businesses. What are the biggest needs in Papamoa? And go, write a two and a circle around it so we know what it is. What are the biggest needs in Papamoa? All right, uh, now what we wanna do is we're gonna swing around this way. Wanna hear from these groups. What do you think, and again, be listening community. What are the biggest needs in Papamoa? Uh, isolation and loneliness, uh, depression and broken relationships. Yeah. So yeah, some community issues and mental health. Yep. 
What do you got, David? Uh, opportunities for um, retirees to have connection. Um, Hold on, shh. Let's listen, church. What's there's that? A, there's a big group of retirees in the community. Yeah. Um, and so an opportunity to be able to, for them to connect and have, you know, uh, meaningful engagement. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, retirees in our community is really, really good. Uh, Morena, uh, learning to listen and making ourselves available to listen. Cool. Uh, we thought there was a need um, in the schools with um, just more and more gangs coming into the community yeah, and just schools. that peer pressure that our teens are under. Mm -hmm. Yeah, particularly Papamore College, it's got a lot of pressure on it right now. Yeah. Yep. Our first one was uh, about finances. There are still um, a lot of people that can't pay bills for their kids, doctors and what have you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Hey, Sylvia, financial education right there. Yeah. Um, uh, in the answer to loneliness, um, we think that we just need to develop more, a lot of meaningful relationships and take time, yeah. time for other people. Cool, so loneliness is still a real big need, yep. We've put um, a lot of what the other people have said, but one of the other things is about the broken families mm -hmm. and trying to support them because that comes finances, loneliness, all that sort of thing. Yeah. And the struggle for them to continue. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Uh, is there one more there? Yeah. Perhaps find out what people in our church community are already doing, because yeah. there could be a perception that there's not much going on, but if people are in, involved in their workplace or volunteering already, how can we then get alongside them and support and build on what's already doing? Yeah. I don't think we actually know what people do already in this church. That's a good point. Yep, join with Jesus where he's already at. That's cool. No, no, we'll, we'll finish up there. So what I want you to do, now we'll leave this group because we got one side each. I'm going to finish, and I don't want you to talk about this in groups. I want you to think about this and take this one home with you. And I want you to reflect on it. And if you need to, send me an email. Talk about it in your connect groups. Engage with it together. Which is this big one? Having listened to that, we've got opportunities around the retirement community. And I'm actually quite excited about that one. Because honestly, if you know our community, the powerhouse of our church, the most radical, terrifying, progressive thinking people in our church are often between the ages of 50 to 75 here in this community. We wouldn't be where we are without you guys. So the thought of getting a whole lot more to me is amazing. There's nothing you can't do with semi-retired people. It's amazing. Um, so I want you to think about going home. What, one or two areas, because we can't do everything, right? We can't be everything, but God might be calling us to one or two areas. And I wanna encourage you to be thinking about that for our life and our church. Where might God be calling us to? Where might God be calling you to? Because this has gotta be owned communally, if we want to be a missional church, if we want to get to a level five mission church, this takes all of us together working to get there. This needs to be owned by all of us. Um, so be thinking about that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. We're going to finish. Um, and all of the scribes, if you have any stickies, can you come bring them up to the stage? 
so that we can take them and collate them and we'll track them up digitally. And I'll send them out in an email to everybody to have a look at. So you're allowed to engage and feedback on this process. We would love to hear from you because God speaks to us together. But I really believe this is important. And it's the reason I started with mission as the first one. Because, I mean, they all intertwine, but so often thinking outside of ourselves, when the pressure comes, when life gets difficult, the first thing that churches often let go of is a missional heart. And we need to find a way to keep that core to who we are, that we never sacrifice that and we never let that go. So let's pray.